When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's scenic Treasure Coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. We're here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Want to leave a voicemail that we can use on the broadcast? You can call the vent line at 772-245-0750. That's 72-245-0750. On yesterday's show, I was was trying to figure out what was going on over there with the Daily Mojo. A lot of the jackholes were... uh, (laughs) <laughs> were becoming critics and uh slamming uh Brad and and Ron for uh for for having guests on and for taking calls and uh you know I always thought that having guests on was a good thing so I asked you to let me know you know whether you want to continue to hear a guest I heard from Tech Rue and she said yeah love the guests on the Daily Mojo what's the problem she really didn't uh really didn't get it uh she said uh, a, a lot of the guests uh, that they have are are really good, and that they keep Brad from uh, from getting all bogged down in his gloom and doom. Uh, Tech Rue, why don't you give the uh, the the vent line a call and let us know what you think about uh, the guests on this show? Richmond Joe, he said, good guests were good and bad guests were bad. He said some of the guests are just there to sell a book and really have nothing to do with the uh, the show. And, um, and I ask about callers as well. Richmond Joe agrees with me that, uh, having callers, uh, call in is usually not productive to the show. That's why I like the vent line is because, you know, I can take, uh, the best of the, uh, the call ins and put them on the air and, uh, and, uh, and sort of screen them without, uh, without having to waste the time of the listeners. So. Thanks for replying. Uh, if you want to leave a message for me, of course, that, uh, that, that vent line is 772-245-0750. And you can also always weigh in at right now, Jim Dawes, that's spelled D-A-W-S at gmail.com. Well, the, the latest consequential development in this coronavirus is going to be uh, a, a looming meat shortage. 
and uh, sort of reminds me of an old uh, ad from, I guess this was back in the 70s. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Better place to give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun. Where's the beef? <laughs> Where is the beef? It, it's looked like in, uh, uh, we're going to start experiencing shortages of uh, beef and pork and chicken. And that as early as next week, uh, those those distribution, those supply chains are going to start uh, start petering out as more and more uh, processing plants across the country have shut down operations because uh, they've become hotspots for the coronavirus, some of them, and the others have, have shut down out of fear of liability. Here's a report from ABC News. The Okeechobee stockyard here is among the busiest east of the Mississippi, but this morning there are fewer cows for sale because the supply chain that puts meat on our tables is under intense pressure. Coronavirus has shut down meat processors, which means there's now less beef, pork, and chicken headed to your local grocery store. This morning, there are fears the nation's food supply chain is at a breaking point after more than a dozen major meat processing plants have become COVID-19 hotspots. The most recent plants to close in Logansport, Indiana and Green Bay, Wisconsin, where one out of every five workers tested positive for coronavirus. At plants still open, there are staffing shortages, even pay raises and bonuses, not enough to lure some employees back to work. Well, what's happening is uh, these these processors are shutting down because uh, they they think that uh, you know since their industry has been uh, pointed um, uh, identified as a hot spot that uh, you know they're going to subject themselves to lawsuits if they continue operations. Most people don't realize it that, that uh, Florida is I think the second largest beef producing state in the nation uh, behind Oklahoma. Um, the entire interior of this state is, uh, is cowboy country just loaded up with, uh, with, uh, ranches. And, uh, and I can assure you that there is no shortage of beef on the hoof. The problem is there, uh, these, these ranchers are not taking their cattle to the, uh, to the market because, uh, they're, they're just backing up in the feedlots. It costs money to keep them in the feedlots. And, uh, you know, await transfer to the processing plants. And so, uh, you know, they're just waiting for the, the uh, processing plants to gear back up so they can start distributing this beef. And at yesterday's press conference, the president uh, addressed this looming crisis by, uh, by pointing out that, uh, yeah, we're going to um, – declare I, I think he actually signed the emergency order last night declare uh these uh these beef packing or these meat packing plants as essential businesses and order them to stay in operation and with that order comes relief from liability for the the uh the processors now whether or not these employees are going to you know return uh you know to to the job is still in question but they're going to put health um, experts in there to examine their processes and uh, and give them prote- protective equipment in order to keep the supply flowing. There's enough uh, 
meat supplies should Yeah, we're working with Tyson. Exports we are. Exports? We're going to sign an executive order today, I believe, and uh, that'll solve any liability problems where they had certain liability problems, and uh, we'll be in very good shape. We're working with Tyson, which is one of the big companies in that world, and we always work with the farmers. There's plenty of supply. There's plenty of, as you know, there's plenty of supply. It's distribution, and we will uh, probably have that today uh, solved. It was a very unique circumstance because of liability. So I'm pretty sure he did sign that executive order last night, uh, ordering these beef processors or these meat processors to stay in operation. Uh, he declared them a critical industry. Uh, I don't think he can order these uh, these workers to return, but uh, he can certainly uh, make sure that they're getting all the PPE and the the uh, the look at their their practices to make the uh, the process as safe as possible. But while the meat processors are going to have to return to work, Nancy Pelosi has still got the House of Representatives in recess, illustrating once again that she's probably the worst House Speaker in American history. You know, um, Nancy and the Democrats are desperate to try to blame uh, this this outbreak on the president, saying that he did nothing in Nan- uh, in January. Uh, but it's a pretty easy argument to refute because in January, when they're saying that the president, you know, was uh, not taking action, the Democrats, of course, had the nation and the media and everybody's attention locked down on impeachment. And just like during the impeachment, when, you know, they issued these articles of uh, um, impeachment and then went on vacation for two weeks, Nancy Pelosi has once again got the House of Representatives out on vacation and refusing to return to Washington and and get back to work. Here's a clip uh, just to remind you of what happened back in, uh, you know, uh, in the Christmas season last year and in January when um, when the Democrats first they uh, they said, you know, um, we've got to hurry up and impeach the president. And then after they had impeached him, they uh, they all went home and uh, and let it dangle all during the holiday season and, uh, and into the early part of January. Urgency. The timing is really driven by the urgency. Urgency. Nothing could be more urgent. Uh, the urgency. And urgent. And urgent. There's an urgency, you know, to this. And we must move swiftly. We don't have time to screw around. It's about urgency. It's about House Speaker urgency. Nancy Pelosi is still holding on to the articles of impeachment. Three weeks. All the way up until uh, January 15th. The urgency. The timing is really driven by the urgency. So it's very reminiscent of what happened then. You know, uh, they're telling us that uh, we're in a national pandemic and it's all Donald Trump's fault. And this is uh, this is urgent. And oh, by the way, we're going to adjourn the House of Representatives and go home. You essential workers out there in uh, in the White House and the Senate and the first responders in the streets and now even in the meatpacking plants. Y'all can take the rest. We're we're getting the hell out of town. We're going to go uh, sit this one out. And Nancy Pelosi has taken a lot of heat over this because, of course, she appeared on James Corden's show on uh, late night TV and uh, posed in front of her $24,000 speakers and showed off her extensive gourmet ice cream collection. She's been taking a lot of heat uh, for that because the president pointed out 
that she must still be in San Francisco munching on ice cream. But of course, uh, over at MSNBC, they, uh, they gave her the opportunity to defend herself. As you're talking, I'm trying to figure out what John McCain or John Boehner, what their profanity-laced response would have been um, that I couldn't have put on this program, but that you should certainly probably would have heard, and I, and I might have heard, about injecting bleach. I mean, you're right. It, it is Trump, and he is the problem, and he's more likely to see you on TV than if you, you know, went down there. And they're not wearing masks anyway, so I'm not sure if that's a safe idea. But but just just expand a little bit on this idea of a zombie GOP. I mean, what, did, did did they speak out in the same way that the state of Washington spoke out and the makers of Lysol spoke out? And I think Governor Hogan spoke out. I mean, where, where are the Republican House members who don't want their kids or loved ones injecting bleach into their body to clean their lungs? Have you heard? Now, we, we did an extensive segment, and we'll, we'll probably hit on it again today, that this whole idea that the president recommended that somebody drink bleach or inject Lysol was entirely made up of whole cloth. He was talking about possibly disinfecting the body, which is something that is established medicine. They do it in the case of cancer. They do it in the case of other diseases where they, uh, they put in, well, hell, um, antibiotics. That is a form of disinfectant. It goes into the body and kills germs. It kills bacteria. Nancy Pelosi is uh, on with MSNBC, and she's just smirking away because she realizes that her wrap-up smear has once again worked as she, she's got this idiot talking head on MSNBC repeating a lie. Heard from any well, of them? No, but I, Governor Hogan is a Republican and he certainly has spoken up. Right. And other governors. And they ha, we have strong bipartisan support, Democrats and Republicans, in support of uh, uh, state and local uh, investments as we go forward in the next bill. And that is to support our heroes, our health care providers, our, fr- our first responders, police, fire, emergency services people, our teachers, our transit workers, our postal uh, workers who. Now, there she talking about the government bailouts so they always you know coming from the fire service i know uh, at least on the local level whenever they start talking about tax increases they always run to hide behind the firefighters and the police they say oh you know we need it for the firefighters and police officers very rarely does any hardly any of that money get to the police and fire it's mostly used for their pet projects where they're awarding their um, their campaign donors with big contracts, or or you know, launching some big development uh, that's designed to reward their donors. But here's where she gets back to the the big wrap up smear lie. Deliver the mail medicine to many people in our country. Certainly, our seniors over time, uh, the, our food providers. The list goes on. Uh, so rather than spending time talking about the president's saying we should inject uh, Lysol in our lungs, uh, and he makes a big fuss about my having ice cream in my freezer. That's his latest today, his m- most current today. <laughs> she has Lysol in her freezer. Uh, I guess he's rather have uh, I have ice cream in my freezer. I guess that's better than having Lysol in somebody's lungs. As You know, it's hard to believe that this is the level of discourse that has developed in our country. You got the Speaker of the House of Representatives going on a a major cable news network and and just repeating a, a lie that the president said, drink bleach or put Lysol in your veins. I'll I'll just play you the clip of what the president actually said. It's kind of a long clip, uh, but, you know, he starts off with the 
the uh, the UV light, which uh, was knocked down pretty quickly because that is an actual treatment. And then uh, and then he goes on to where he says, wouldn't it be great to disinfect the body? So supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out. Now, listen very closely. And you tell me if you ever hear the president does say anything about drinking bleach or injecting Lysol. Where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it'd be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute. So you know what they did during the Spanish flu to American troops? They, they had them uh, breathing um Oh, I can't remember. Uh, it it was a glycosine or, or something like that. It was a a form of uh, of disinfectant. They had them breathing that mist to try to get the uh, the virus out of their lungs. I mean, the Democrats keep telling us you got to be the party. You got to pay attention to the science. The, the Republicans don't believe in science, but whenever you you broach the idea of actually looking at science, they they lose their minds. While I'm on the topic of Nancy Pelosi, I want to play you this clip uh, from that same interview on MSNBC where she tries to uh, to uh, to do her wrap-up smear on the, the idea that the president issued these travel bans from China early on. She tries to confuse that issue as well and, uh, and claim that... Um, you know, it never happened. Because we ha- Actually, this is uh, she's on with uh, Jake Tapper at CNN. I have a plan uh, for that, and that will happen. Well, it, 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 I think you see the response, even from Republican senators, that Mitch McConnell was so, getting. Well, there's one thing, one point of clarif- uh, clarification. I was I was wondering. <clears throat> Vice President Joe Biden's co- campaign told me earlier this month uh, that he supported. President Trump's partial travel restrictions uh, on January 31st, blocking foreign nationals from China from coming to the United States. Do you agree that it was the right move by President Trump at the time? Well, let's go into the future. Notice she doesn't answer that question because there's plenty of videotape where she's uh, she's saying that that was a racist move. She, in fact, introduced a bill in the House of Representatives to try to make it illegal for the president to to suspend travel which is perfectly within his emergency powers. But she introduced a bill right after the president issued his travel ban from China to make it illegal. Let's go into the future, okay? Uh, Actually, tens of thousands of people were still allowed in from China. So it wasn't as it is described as this great moment. There were Americans coming back or green card holders coming back, but there were tens of thousands. So if you're going to shut the door because you have a, an evaluation of, of an epidemic, then shut the door. So there's Nancy Pelosi on CNN 
saying that the president, uh, well, apparently she's changed her position entirely. Not only did she want to shut down travel from China, but she wanted to keep American citizens from coming back. This is the Speaker of the House of Representatives suggesting on CNN and Jake Tapper doesn't follow or doesn't ask any follow-up questions at all that the president of the United States prevent American citizens from returning home. I mean, you really can't make this stuff up. Those American citizens were allowed home. They were, they were uh, routed to three different airports that had the uh, ability to screen them. They were, they were checked for COVID, and when they were given a clean bill of health, they were told to go home and to self-quarantine for two weeks. And health officials throughout this country followed up to make sure that that happened. I don't know how the country survives when you have one party that is so, so firmly dedicated to spreading disinformation. So, of course, the, the president issued this, uh, this temporary ban on immigration last week after originally saying that he was going to stop all immigration into the country and issued a moratorium. Of course, uh, immigration patriots got very excited because we've been arguing for this for literally decades now. And we're at the point now where uh, that position enjoys uh, overwhelming popular support. Somewhere between 65 and 80% of people polled say that they want an immigration moratorium on new immigration and on uh, these these, uh, guest worker programs. So it was widely uh, popular among voters. But of course, the the moneyed class rushed in and said, well, you can't you can't deprive us of our guest workers because uh, wages will go up and, and, you know, we won't be able to compete on the global um, markets. And so the president backed off. And uh, by the time it was issued, we learned that this was just going to be a 60 day moratorium. Well, now we're learning that um, Stephen Miller, uh, apparently there was a leaked private call that went to the Washington Post, says that this is part of a, a longer term strategy to uh, to issue this immigration moratorium that uh, at first this this uh, 60 day pause was going to get everybody used to it and uh, and sort of lay the groundwork for broader moratoriums uh, in the future. I hope he issues this prior to uh, the election uh, so that uh, people can contrast the president's position of issuing an immigration moratorium, which I, again, I remind you has widespread public support while at the same time, uh, Joe Biden is going to have to be up there defending these open border policies that the Democrats are so committed to. Oh God, I hope it happens. I, I hope that this is uh, this is uh, that the uh, president is going to listen to Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller's advice is a big part of the reason that he was elected uh, to begin with. So this uh, we had a police a piece in Politico last week that claimed that uh, Donald Trump was slow to issue his travel ban because he owes millions of dollars to the Bank of China. Of course. Joe Biden's son is on the payroll 
to the tune of about $30 million a year to the Bank of China. But uh, Politico was trying to, you know, give Biden some sort of cover. So they claimed that they had discovered that Donald Trump owed millions of dollars to the Bank of China. That story lasted less than one news cycle before uh, it was knocked down by people who pointed out that he was a investor in a larger firm that um, that got financing for a a high rise in Manhattan from the Bank of China, and that the Bank of China held that loan for all of 22 days. Donald Trump never signed any sort of uh, debt obligation to the Bank of China. It was uh, as a member of a larger uh, investment consortium. Bank of China held the loan for 22 days and then sold it as a securitized investment. And uh, and this was back in 2012. So you got major mainstream political uh, reporting organizations like Politico putting out these smears that can't even stand up to scrutiny from social media for 12 hours. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the latest developments in the Biden campaign. Hillary Clinton came out and endorsed him yesterday. Of course, she did. Take a look at the president's uh, press conference where once again the media beclown themselves. We'll be right back right after these messages. I'm right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Stick with us. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, Keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. A daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Well, my governor, uh, Rick DeSantis, traveled to the White House yesterday and uh, had a press conference with the president. And uh, I thought uh, Governor DeSantis represented the state of Florida very well. At one point, he compared Florida's um, Florida's response to other states, and uh, and it was uh, it was really stark the contrast between Florida, which uh, you know was assailed for for not completely closing down its economy, and what's going on in New York. 
Uh, there's yeah, a lot of, of the results been. You look at some of the most draconian orders that have been issued in some of these states and compare Florida in terms of our hospitalizations per 100,000, in terms of our fatalities per 100,000. I mean, you go from D.C., Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, you name it. Florida's done better, and I'm not criticizing those states, but everyone in the media was saying Florida was going to be like New York or Italy, and that has not happened because we understood we have a big, diverse state, we understood the outbreak was not uniform throughout the state, and we had a tailored and measured approach that not only helped our numbers be way below what anyone predicted, but also did less damage to our state going forward. I had construction going on, the road projects, but we did it in a safe way, and we did it, I think, in a way that is probably more sustainable um, over the long term. So I think people can go back and look at all the criticism and then look now, and nobody predicted that Florida would. We have challenges. This is not an easy situation. We've had people in the hospital, but I am now in a situation where I have less than 500 people at a state of 22 million on ventilators as of last night, and I have 6,000 in 500 ventilators that are sitting idle, unused throughout the state of Florida. It was really a tour de force by Governor DeSantis yesterday. He pointed out that the state of Florida has more international travel uh, than New York. It's a larger state. It has a el- more elderly population. But uh, contrary to the way uh, Governor Como handled it, uh, DeSantis recognized where the where the hazard were, was uh, largely in those areas that were receiving visitors from New York and most especially uh, the, the people in the retirement homes. And he sent in public health workers that are coordinated or they're, they're uh, consolidated uh, with the counties. He sent in public health workers to do uh, screening in the, um, in the hot spots and uh, and do contact tracing and uh, really spared the state uh, these these broad shutdowns that we have seen in other states and uh, and he he's he sent the uh, health workers to the retirement homes early uh, to do widespread testing and uh, and to uh, to make sure that any Buddy that was uh, a carrier was removed from those facilities, and then and then he quarantined them, and had tight controls on them. He got down into uh, South Florida and Miami Dade, Broward, and uh, Palm Beach counties, and concentrated his efforts there. The rest of the state had very low incidences of this, and so they were allowed to to uh, you know make calls on the the local level. And uh, and largely avoid these uh, economic catastrophes that we have seen in other states. At one point, there was a Yahoo News reporter there who uh, who who tried to engage in this game of gotcha that's uh, the the favorite uh, pastime of these White House correspondents, and it didn't really go very well. Five times more tests than the U.S. per capita. Why is that? I don't think- uh, that uh, clip got kind of cut off there. He starts out by saying South Korea had five times more testing per capita than the United States. Five times more tests than the U.S. per capita. Why is that? I don't think that's true. That, that is true. And you I said this morning that the White House said the U.S. passes we'll South be, We'll be looking at this. So do our, yeah. <laughs> well, that uh, little 
bit of fake news, didn't even uh, make it to the end of the press conference when uh, Dr. Deborah Burks stepped up and had to correct Mr. Yahoo News. We'll be, we'll be looking at this. So to our Yahoo gentlemen, I just want to make it clear that um, South Korea's testing was 11 per per 100,000, and we're at 17 per 100,000. Right. So, are you going to apologize, Yahoo? That's why you're Yahoo, and nobody knows who that you are. Go ahead. Let's Based go. on the numbers I've, I've seen, that's, that's, that's why not... nobody knows who you are, including me. Go ahead. Mr. President, just, just check to... it again. You ought to get your facts right before you... Well, we have had... Like we have had okay, when well, your facts are wrong. Yeah. Let's go. Just to clarify what you were just talking... Now, that, uh, that particular reporter was corrected right on the spot by Deborah Burks. Uh, he continued to argue that he had seen it somewhere, couldn't cite his source, but later on he had to take to Twitter and, uh, and you know, to his credit, he apologized, said he had his facts wrong. He was the pool reporter. He was there representing, you know, all of the outlets that, uh, weren't able to get in to the presser. And, uh, and, and when he finally had his big moment, his, uh, his cameo appearance, he asked a question that wasn't even based on facts. This is very similar to, uh, I played this clip yesterday, but I'm going to play it again because it, uh, it really illustrates quite well how the president takes these, these questions. And if these reporters don't have their act together, he will use it to uh, either, um, you know, as a, a fastball right out over the plate so he can knock a home run which is the case here with this Olivia Nunzi who um, who thought she was going to play gotcha with the president. Okay, go ahead. Uh, let's do let's do one more, please, in the back. If an American president loses more Americans over the course of six weeks than died in the entirety of the Vietnam War, does he deserve to be reelected? I'm not sure you're able to hear that. She's off mic there, but she asks, if a president loses more Americans in Six weeks and were lost in the entire Vietnam War. Does he alert? Does he deserve to be a reelected president? So you know this is a, a virus. The president has uh, come in way under the numbers that were being tossed about by the so-called experts. But it's sort of like asking, you know, if if you're mayor of a town and a tornado tornado hits your town and people get killed, do you really deserve to be reelected? That's the depth of the, uh, of the American media at this point. But like I said, the president saw this as a big fat fastball right over the plate and really knocked it out of the park. So, yeah, we've lost a lot of people, but if you look at what original projections were 2.2 million, we're probably heading to 60,000, 70,000. It's far too many. One person is too many for this. And I think we've made a lot of really good decisions. The big decision was closing the border or doing the ban. People coming in from China, obviously, other than American citizens, which had to come in. Can't say you can't come in. You can't come back to your country. I think we've made a lot of good decisions. I think that Mike Pence and the task force have uh, done a fantastic job. I think that everybody working on the ventilators. Uh, well, he gets back on that ventilator jag, which, uh, you know, he has used to widely discredit the media. But um you know that they're going to uh in the run up to this election do everything they can to discredit the response to this crisis and it looks like the death toll we don't know how many of these are actually as a result of the coronavirus 
as opposed to, you know, just being a, uh, something that contributed to people who are already very elderly or very ill passing away. But they're going to claim that the number is probably around 70,000 by the time the election rolls around. And they'll say, oh, you know, Trump has blood on it, blood on his hands. And they will ignore entirely the fact that, uh, you know, we've got a, 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 a more widespread testing and uh, lower fatalities than any other country. That's their, uh, their talking point now. But um, the media actually seems uh, quite excited that these, uh, these numbers are headed to 70,000. President has talked a lot uh, in previous weeks about keeping the death toll in the U.S. below or around 60,000. We're about to hit that number, which means that the death toll in the U.S. is going to far exceed uh, what those predictions were. And, and I think that's going to be or should be a reality check for the White House that this is not a crisis that is abating and is not one that they can just pivot message wise beyond. There are still Americans that are going to be dying far beyond the numbers that the White House uh, put out there for the public. (laughs) The numbers that the White House put out there for the public were provided by uh, Fauci and Burke and were originally estimated to be 2.2 million. And then they lowered that down. At one point, they were saying 200 to 400,000 every time, um, you know, the the projections and the models uh, were updated. The number kept falling and falling. And now it looks like finally they're going to have it right based on the actual data of what's happening. So they're trying to continue to lower or I should say increase expectations uh, when in fact uh, by any measure with the exception possibly of uh, New York and uh, northern New Jersey and maybe parts of Connecticut that are in the New York metro region um, this this crisis has not panned out the way they they told us that it would we got to get a commercial in stick with us we'll be right back Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your driver's and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-631-9241. 800-631-9241. That's 800-631-9241. Howard Stern over on Sirius XM radio is, uh, is apparently not getting the attention with his, you know, having, uh, uh, porno, um, prostitutes, uh, on his show. And, uh, he's, he's starting to feel a little neglected. And so he, uh, on his show a day before yesterday, he went on this little jag. 
Got to tell my buddy Donald Trump, Jesus Christ, resign from the presidency already. Do the world a favor. You don't want to be president. Go to Mar-a-Lago. Have a nice rest of your life. This guy's out of his fucking mind. I don't know what Donald's doing. I should apologize for that. There's going to be some uh, profanity in this clip. I should have given you a heads up. You can get the kids out of the room. I'll give you a couple of minutes. And as a matter of fact, there's going to be another clip coming up uh, of George Carlin uh, talking about immunity that's going to be loaded with profanities. So you might want to just uh, find them something else to do. I'll give you um, 10 seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Back to this clip from Howard Stern. I mean, I would love if Donald would get on TV and take an injection of Clorox. And let's see if his theory works. Let him volunteer and or hold a big rally. Say, fuck this coronavirus with all of his followers and let them all hug each other and kiss each other. And yeah, and all take disinfectant <laughs> and all drop dead. <laughs> so just remember that this is what uh, what they think of you. They want you to drop dead. They want to propound their lies that the president said drink bleach. They want you to catch the coronavirus, and they want you to drop dead. While we're on the topic of misinformation, I want to play this uh, latest clip from Joe Scarborough, who is continuing this uh, this lie that the president never really closed travel from China. Well, and even that, of course, so-called ban was toothless. 430,000 people came to America from China from the beginning of the coronavirus outbreak. And even after that toothless ban was put in place, 40,000 more people came from China to America because he had so many exceptions. So what Joe Scarborough is saying there is basically, yeah, we had a lot of travel before the president, uh, you know, barred travel from China. Yeah, that's why you bar the travel from China is to stop the travel that's coming in. And then he calls the travel ban toothless because 40,000 people returned after the travel ban that were American citizens. This, this is their answer to the president pointing out that uh, the thing that did more to stop the spread in the United States was the travel ban. Oh, I got to decide whether to, to talk about the herd immunity or the, the developments on uh, Joe, the sexual assault allegations against Joe Biden. Hmm, what should we talk about? Uh, I guess we'll talk about herd immunity tomorrow because that's going to be a continuing topic as more and more people come to realize that uh, the, the way we went about this has uh, has been a disaster for our economy. And we'll uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow, and we'll go ahead and talk about these sexual allegations against uh, sexual assault allegations. I should correct myself against Joe Biden. CNN is determined, absolutely determined, to turn a blind eye to this. Back during the Brett Kavanaugh's uh, Supreme Court confirmation hearings. They ran 700, 700 stories and articles at CNN in just the 19-day period between uh, the uh, when uh, Blase Ford, uh, you know, made these allegations, uh, these fantastic 
allegations with no evidence and no no uh, you know no support and in uh, the time of his confirmation right now uh, CNN has has covered one story on their air despite the fact of uh, probably one of the most uh, convincing pieces of evidence the actually, actually took place on CNN's air. This is that, uh, that clip of Larry King's call-in show back in 1993, contemporaneous with the time that Tara Reid says this sexual assault took place of Tara Reid's mother calling in from Sam Luis Obispo. We're back. A couple more phone calls on this very important topic. Our guests are former United States Senator Howard Baker, Richard Allen, former National Security Advisor, and Lois Romano of the Washington Post. San Luis Obispo, California. Hello. Yes, hello. Um, I'm wondering what um, uh, a a staffer uh, would do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there. Uh, after working for a prominent senator and could not get through with her problems at all. And the only thing she could have done was go to the press. So, uh, you know, they're talking about on this uh, this segment uh, sexual allegations against elected officials in Washington, D.C. And lo and behold, Tara Reid's own mother calls in from her home in San Luis Obispo. All of this has been confirmed now and points this out. And uh, she, Tara Reid says that she filed... A, uh, a complaint with the House Personnel Office against Joe Biden. Now, if that's the case, then those records are still being held somewhere if they've not been destroyed. And, uh, and, and Tara Reid is calling for Joe Biden to uh, allow um, the, uh, the records to be uh, made public. They're being held at the University of Delaware, all of Joe Biden's records. And uh, he's refusing to allow them to be made public. I kind of believe that if those records ever existed, they've got in there and destroyed them by now. But the, of course, the big issue here is during the Kavanaugh hearing, we were told that we must believe all women. And Kavanaugh was drug over the coals as a result of these allegations that were totally unsupported by Christine Blase Ford. And now all of those same people that, uh, said we must believe survivors. Um, many of which by the way, are jockeying to be Joe Biden's vice presidential candidate. Um, they've, they've completely changed their story and say, well, no, all of these allegations have to be vetted. And by the way, the New York times wrote a story about it and I don't believe Tara Reid, but it's not just the senators and the vice presidential, uh, wannabes that, uh, that said all women should be believed. It was in fact, Joe Biden. So according to Joe Biden's own standards, then we have to believe Tara Reid and he needs to withdraw. Now, the, you know, for, for my part and for most Republicans' parts, we have, we've always said we need to take these allegations seriously. We need to look at the evidence, and we need to uh, determine whether or not there's any legitimacy to these accusations because most of them appear to be politically motivated, as does, you know, this current uh, allegation. 
But that's not what the Democrats said. The Democrats always told us that you have to believe women. Do you think this time it's different, that we are seeing with the Me Too movement something that is truly going to lead for change, to change for women? Look, at the root, this is all about the abuse of power. It's all about the abuse of power. Whether it's Harvey Weinstein or the guy who, uh, the plumber who has a secretary, he, uh, he harasses. It's all about the abuse of power, number one. Number two, women should be believed. So there you have it. There's Joe Biden. And he's right. This is about the abuse of power. This is not like the accusations that Christine Blasey Ford made against Brett Kavanaugh, where he was supposed to have been a drunken teenager. That that would be bad. But the allegation in this case is far, far worse. This is a workplace sexual assault. And, uh, and according to the Democrats' own standard, Tara Reid should be believed, but they've uh, they've cert- suddenly uh, changed their standard entirely to allow Joe Biden to be their nominee. You know who else said that all women should be believed? None other than Hillary Clinton. I want to send a message to every survivor of sexual assault. Don't let anyone silence your voice. You have a right to be heard and you have a right to be believed. We're with you. I want to send a so message. There's, uh, there's Hillary saying that um, you've got a right to be heard and you have a right to be believed. But apparently uh, that's not the standard anymore when it comes to allegations against prominent Democrats, especially one that they're going to make as their presidential nominee. Here was Hillary Clinton yesterday on a, uh, a live um, Skype call endorsing Joe Biden's presidency. Uh, so I've been uh, not only a colleague of Joe Biden's, I've been a friend. And I can tell you that I wish he were president right now, but I can't wait until he is. If all of us do our part uh, to support uh, the kind of person that we want back in the White House uh, to end the kind of. By the way, while all of this is going on, Joe Biden looks like he's falling asleep. His eyes are closed. He's he's looking down and his chin is resting on his chest. He looks like he is literally falling asleep right there on the video where the, the party's last nominee is endorsing him for president. Uh, the kind of person that we want back in the White House uh, to end the kind of disregard of not only American values, but American institutions, the rule of law and so much else. That- Hillary Clinton talking about the rule of law. <laughs> that's a good one this is the the woman that destroyed evidence that was under subpoena and used uh, foreign disinformation in the uh, 2016 campaign is at stake because of the current occupant so i'm thrilled to be uh here with joe uh from my home uh and his home during the uh, very crazy scary times that we uh, find ourselves in uh, to support his candidacy and to talk about this really significant issue uh, about women. Is he going to talk about? Um, is she going to talk about the sexual harassment? Is that the significant issue she's about to talk about? Significant issue uh, about women uh, during this time of COVID nineteen and how we need to learn from what is happening. 
So apparently she took off on some sort of uh, sidebar that, uh, you know, the the, the virus is somehow uh, attacking people based on gender. Well, all of the evidence indicates that it's more likely to kill men than women. But, of course, everything in the Democrat Party has to be utilized uh, for um, identity politics, gender, race, class, religion, all of that. So, uh, you know, they're just uh, following their playbook to learn from what is happening. You know, this crisis has stripped bare for everybody to see the inequities in our health care system, in our economic system. And we have to pull together uh, to be prepared to make the changes that will fix uh, what is wrong in America so that we truly can live up to be the best versions of ourselves. And I think Joe Biden can lead us. Well, Joe Biden finally woke up when, when she got uh, said his name and opened his eyes and lifted his head back up. But pretty some, uh, something to watch. And that same uh, telecast of, of Skype call, Hillary Clinton uh, reminded everybody that, uh, you know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Uh, and then it needs to be part of a much larger system that eventually and quickly, I hope, gets us to universal health care. So uh, I, I can uh, only uh, say amen to everything you're saying, but also to, again, enlist people that this would be a terrible crisis to waste, as the old saying goes. The old saying. Well, that old saying is, uh, you know, the saying of uh, Rahm Emanuel, who was the uh, chief of staff for Bill Clinton, who's who, you know, famously said that a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. So they want to use the coronavirus in order to uh, to get socialized medicine, they want a government takeover of the healthcare system, and they uh, they want to use the this uh, this current um, mass panic in order to push it through. Judge Janine uh, pointed out that uh, you know getting getting an endorsement from Hillary Clinton is uh, is not necessarily a good thing in the past it's always been a kiss of death this woman is a woman who does not stand for women and for for her right now to endorse joe biden is really to ignore what all of the me too movement has been talking about when they yelled at us during the brett kavanaugh hearings all women need to be believed except if they're republican or except if they're accusing a democrat let's talk about her Oh, man, I just don't see how they continue to get past this hypocrisy. You've got uh, Kamala Harris out there uh, on tape before the election, uh, before Biden got the nomination, saying that she believed the accusations against Joe Biden. She wants to be vice president. You've got Stacey Abrams saying that all women must be believed except for Tara Reid. I don't believe her. Amy Klobuchar saying the same thing. The governor of Michigan... Gretchen Whitmer, they're all on record now saying that all women must be believed unless they're making accusations against our presidential candidate. That takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us. Tune in on tomorrow when we will talk about uh, the latest herd immunity stories right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. Need an extra hand with dinner? 
Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.